welcome back to Pixels and Pints Up Late. This is our one-shot episode that we're doing for your auditory satisfaction. Tonight, we have a new uh, little segment we're doing. It's a little one-shot episode. We're trying something new. We're experimenting in the world of audio synapses. That's not a sentence, Tom. Well done. But with me, as always, I have Pete. Howdy. And I've got Dan. Hello. And tonight, for your ears' pleasure, we are going to spoil the fuck out of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. This is our little one-shot episode we're doing. Uh, We're focusing on the game that we all played recently. Uh, We're going to talk about everything. Story. We're going to talk about soundtrack. We're going to talk about gameplay. We are just breaking the shit down out of this game. Um, We've also decided for this new... uh, whatever we're going to call it, this new this new format we're doing of these little uplate episodes that we are going to uh, try and focus on one high ABV veer. This is the, this is the nightcap of our podcast episodes for your, your uh, auditory uh, or, appreciation. Oral pleasure. Oral pleasure. There we go. That's the, <laughs> that's the words I was looking for. Obviously, I haven't planned this. Um, so, yes, sit back, enjoy, and let our sultry tones take you into the deep darkness of the night. <laughs> Pixels and Pints, up late. Cue saxophone. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, fuck, done. I'm, I'm done. Well, I'm, I'm out. Just <laughs> Right. Anyway, so that's what we're doing. That's yeah, that's, so that's this is a new format we're trying. So full yes. spoilers, one topic, one beer. Yes. Hour, hour and a half. Yes, Snack not sized. our warm-up beer. Don't show that. That's no, nope, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Snack-sized episodes rather than the usual banquets. No more three and a half hour. Well, I say no more. This won't be a three and a half hour episode. So we'll do some of these and we'll do mainly our normal kind of format, I think. Hopefully this is this is our way of getting some content out more regularly. Because our three lives suck and don't gel well together. Yes. <laughs> so we can put two of us on they, this. I think they gel well together, just not the, uh, the, just the, the time. Schedules. In terms of the podcast, yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> yes. about. Yeah, no, no. Our yeah. lives work well together. It's just, yeah, when we're trying to record, it's like two of us are ready and the third one's like, nah, fuck you guys. I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> I've got to work or yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Something, I worked something's until come up. stupid o'clock yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it's always something. So, yes, uh, we would li- – uh, but on this, though, like, this is a test episode, so please give us some feedback on this. Um, that would be really useful. Um, and if you want more of these and you like this, then we'll we'll keep doing them. So, yeah. It's good. <clears throat> let's awesome. get into it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, time for the news. All right, so the <laughs> PS Plus games for this month. <laughs> um, I'm going to hit my beer first because I've already opened it, poured it, and tried it, and it's delicious. I've got the Imperial Stout 12-month-aged Bad Shepherd Brewing from Victoria. Ooh. It's 9.2%, and it's delicious and chocolatey and boozy, but really good black malt, hard like bitterness to it which mm. I really love. Um, so it says there's some vanilla aspects to it. It's obviously Imperial Stout, high ABV, so it's got a certain level of sweetness to it, but beautiful roast mold, black mold, burnt, burnt character to it. It's fantastic. Love it. Well yeah, done. good. Nice. And what's it, sorry, what's it actually called? Is it the Black Can mm. one, Imperial Stout Rum? Um, it just no. It just says Imperial Stout, aged twelve months. It's got a Queen 
uh, a queen playing card on it with the bad shepherd as they the- released two versions of this and the artwork is so similar it was incredibly frustrating it's just one had a very small underneath the the thing it said rum edition yeah um, yeah, this is not rum, the rum edition. Rum spiked, and I found that one yeah. on untapped, but not this one. Okay, cool, sweet. Uh, Peter, what are you having? Um, I didn't get the memo, so my ABV is not nearly as high as it should be. So I am drinking Little Bang Brewing's uh, IRA or India Red Ale mm. at at six percent. Classic IRA. Look at him. He's yeah. such an IRA as well. That too, like, you gotta, you really got to feel bad for whoever posted cool. that photo if their name's not IRA because they just look like an IRA. Yeah. 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 Um, as for the – oh, look at the color on it. That's a – well, actually, you probably can't see it properly, but it's the perfect color for a red, a red ale. Mm. Um, um, it is what you'd expect out of a red ale. So lots and lots of malt. Um, very bitter. A little bit of residual sweetness at the end. I'm kind of surprised by that, actually. That's that's very different. Meet Ira. He's not he's not an IPA, not a red ale, or some kind of pseudo Scotch ale, but a bit like all of them. IRA is different. IRA doesn't go for sports. He's not interested in school disco, but you should see his collection of vintage Spider Man. He plays a mean oboe, and his cactus garden is borderline scary. Surely he's not the coolest beer style around. But beyond the socks and sandals, Ira's having freaky thrills we can barely understand. Booze and ibis, toffee, pine cones, pineapple and dank. Is he weird or just a new kind of awesome? Okay. That didn't really help me in terms of understanding what I'm tasting, but that's that's okay. Um, yeah, lots of malt body. Um, I, I, toffee was a word that they just used, and you certainly get a little bit of that. Um, mm. But just extremely bitter. Um, which is everything I don't like about reds, but it's still well well put together. So I'm going to give that a four. I don't think, Dan, did you, we didn't get a rating from you, did we, mate? Oh, no. Um, I'm going to give it that a Fuck's solid sake. four and three quarters. Wow. Ooh. That is a big score. It was very, very pleasurable beer. Very good. Good to hear. Excellent. Tom, what are you drinking, mate? Mate, I am drinking the Hawker's Winter, which is their part of their new Four Seasons range. Uh, this is they've done this is the second one of the range. It's uh, look at the little skeletons mm. having a fucking time. Uh, <laughs> the first one they did was a red, it was their autumn. Uh, this is a triple West Coast IPA. It is 10% and Fuck me sideways. This is <laughs> fucking good. We're on here, boys. We're on with a winner. Uh, this is super fucking hoppy. The malt's actually been been taken back at a little notch, which is kind of really working. It's bringing all that dankiness through. It's got that... Uh, dankiness. I'm not sure dankiness is a word. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. Listen, <laughs> I write the uh, Oxford English Dictionary and uh, I say it's a word. Um, no, your, vo- your vocabulary is well above mine, so uh, I'll take your word for it. It's dankiness, baby. It's dankiness. Um, <laughs> look, there's a sweetness that really hits through. Um, that is really prevalent as soon as it, it's it's boozy as fuck. There's there's no hiding this 10%. You know, you get a couple of those Nipahs lately and it's just like, that's not 10%. That's, you know, it's maybe eight if I know my my ABVs off the top of my tongue. This is this feels like it's like 15 or 16. This has really <laughs> smacked me in the face with a real hit of booze. 
which is what I wanted from it. This is what I want from mm. a triple West Coast IPA. I want to be smacked in the face with booze. Mm. Um, but it's not in that burning way. It's it's blended in really, really well. It's it's a it's a really well crafted beer. Um yeah, it's it's super hoppy. It pours a beautiful golden color. Look at that. That is yeah. sensational. That is what you want. Um, I'm going to drink this far too quickly, and we're going to see the side effects, and that's going to be fun for everyone, <laughs> including me. But yeah, well, it's it's the only thing. The only thing that really is a drawback for that, and I just hit it home right then there as I took that sip was that sweetness. It's that like you know when you get to that triple stage, it's just like it's not like a like a really like candy candy like rock or like rock candy sweetness it's just it's that malt sweetness and it's like mm. ooh, this is almost syrupy without syrup being involved like yeah but it's very good i'm giving that easily oh that's a that's i, I four and a half 4.75 that is right up there yeah nice yeah very nice mm. if you find this go get it's just been released as well yeah. you see it go grab it Yep. But don't my, do it if you have to move heavy machinery. So I will go check that out, see if they've got it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very good. I the then the red they did before, if that's still I think that's still flying around a few bottle shops. Um, the autumn release. I've still got a can of it. Um I got two because I didn't check what I bought. Um it was really, really good as well. Um yeah, and it's cool cans. Very good, very nice. It's nice. Hmm. Dankness, cool. according to the Cambridge University. No, dankiness. <laughs> dankiness. I think I'm not even sure danky's a word. <laughs> no, but but so so dankness is dankiness, mm. not yeah. so much. No. Sounds better with an I in it though. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need to make a call. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Cambridge. <laughs> Susie Dent at uh, the Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's kick, kick off. on. Mm. Yeah, Jedi Survivor. Tom, do you want to lead into this? Seems you will be busting at the seams before we even started playing it. I've been waiting months to talk about this, and you fuckers just had to get on the bandwagon late, didn't you? Um, no. This no. was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was even just like, yeah, I thought he was like, nah, fuck it. Nah, <laughs> we're not talking up, about this now. I've, 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 I've moved on. I've moved on. I'm, yeah, no. Um, this was such a beautiful game. Uh, it was a moving story. It was an uh, improvement in many ways on the original gameplay. Uh, I've got a big thing to talk about later about the the music, especially um, hit me mm. hard. Um, and I know we've got like that. That's like Pete's put out that really nice like. Let's talk about the things in. Oh, we don't have to talk that, about each. Not of in those. that order, but I think it's a really good way to do it. Um, mm, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, the voice acting was uh, from for especially for the the major for parts, the main was, cast. Yeah, it was very yeah. on point. There are yep, Dan's made some yep. very good points about <laughs> some of the the the, the supporting um, supporting actors. Um, yeah, and and uh, I think the best thing for me was um, in terms, especially from a gameplay style of, of talking about it, and you guys might agree disagree was. Um, and I, oh, I think we actually touched on it a few episodes ago, was the way that you just moved naturally into this game. Even if you didn't play the first game again before, like I played Fallen Order straight into this. Um, but the way they go, you know what? 
most of you probably played the first game. We're not going to baby foot you back into like the world. We're going to throw you in and give you a couple of like, we're going to make Cal feel like he's developed. We're not going to do the mm, classic, yeah. classic sequel thing of being like, Take a Jedi your stole your powers. Away. They thrown you to hell. <laughs> so you need to climb out of hell like God of War. Like, you know, the classic God, the classic opening of God of War games from one, two, and three was always like, you've got Start powers. Again. But you need to be sent to sent to hell, and then you need to climb your way out, and then you start at level one again. This yeah. was all like, no, you, you you're at you're at level say twenty five. Let's get you up to fifty. Like it's a yeah. really good way to build on successes you had before. I um, think it also I, yeah. I, they actually did a recap. Um, they offered you a recap at the start. They did, of the yeah, game yeah, as well, yeah. Same as same as God of War Ragnarok did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a I lot of games was- are doing that now, which is really good because yeah. obviously it's a few years between titles. As a and, and and it also represents five years of time for Cal himself. So it was, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a good little refresher. I, I think they probably could have done a better job of filling in some of the story beats from the first game in the refresher. Um, mm-hmm. But it was decent enough that you you knew roughly what the fuck was going on when you started the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what are, we're, we're on we're t- talking about story. Why don't we delve into that? What do you mean? What do you what do you feel they missed, Pete? Just in, um, let's talk recap right at the very beginning before you <laughs> even before we even load into the new game. Let's look at the old game. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I didn't walk away from that recap having a, a, a what I felt was a solid understanding of or or a reminder of the core storyline in the first game. Other than he'd run away um, or he'd escaped, he'd escaped Order sixty six, and then he yeah. he was you know he was working. But I, I actually found it prompted more my own memories than it filled in memories. So okay. if I hadn't right. have played the first game, then that recap probably wouldn't have given me a, a solid grounding of who Cal was and where he'd been and where he'd come from. Hmm. Um, I think that's the only part of the storyline that was in the first one. There wasn't really a storyline other than his development and his interaction with the Inquisitors. Oh, and and him meeting Seer and... Well, all the all the characters on the ship, and then the characters going their own way. There was some slight romantic chemistry with him and uh, Meryn, um, but never really got never really played out. Yeah, I don't know. I I, well, I, I I really found the whole first game was was a reaction. It was a reaction yeah. to Order sixty six. It was it was the you know obviously he started by cutting himself off from the Force, and then he's gone back into slowly relearning his, through his own memories of his own activities, and that they they. That was actually the really one of the best things about that first game was the way they showed you remembering powers you should have had. Yes. So remembering how to force pull, you remembered your your training with you know, with Jarrah Tapal, and then suddenly you could force pull again. It's like that's a really cool way of doing it because if you like anyone who would have like a traumatic memory like Order sixty six, if you go through PTSD like and like the therapy behind it, a lot of it is around memory and and trying to process those memories. So if you can actually do that, it's like, oh shit, I can remember things better and clearer and like they're not as like, you know, scary and stuff. So like I thought that was a really, really, really clever way of them showing that. And then like, but that 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 was the whole story for me for Fallen Order was just that I've escaped, I survive, I keep going but you don't have the future plan kind of thing. So it's like- No, it's, that's what this weird, game is about. Yeah, which is this where- Exactly, where this, is where this comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you really think the game should have been named the opposite? It almost feels like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I understand I was, why they called it Fallen Order, but but the first yeah. game was just about survival. It was a yeah. 
It mm. was a you, Tom. T- Tom, you nailed it when you said it was a reaction. The whole game is yeah, a yeah, reaction yeah, yeah, yeah. to mm. events. Um, and he's starting to find a new family, and then the family breaks up for some very natural reasons at the end of the first game, and then yeah, and then we're kind of thrust into the second game. Um, so the story for the second game, do you think it uh, it hit? We so obviously we've got Cal coming through as a very accomplished Jedi so five, within that's, that's, the universe. For, the, for anyone who hasn't played it, who's listening to this and is spoiling the fuck out of this game for yourself, <laughs> a you're an idiot and stop now. Put this on pause and go play the game. Like just serve you. Like do it. <laughs> come we'll come back in thirty hours. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. Listening to the don't uh, eat, an hour don't and a half sleep. Rabbit gone like fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's it's a they say it's of like a five year gap. Mm, it is five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not as he's, the gap isn't as noticeable as say Luke Skywalker between Empire no, and, and Jedi. Yeah. Uh, sorry, and Return. Um, he doesn't come back a god, but he certainly still has his powers, and he's a lot. He seems calm. He comes back so much more Han Solo-y than he does Luke Skywalker. He comes back an arrogant piece of shit, and I fucking love it. <laughs> like I really actually enjoyed it when he was just like, like in that first section when they take over from the senator, and like they, he spins around, he's just like, "Fucking got you, man. I've been doing this for a long time. You're my bitch." Like it's like, yeah, that was good. Like until the Inquisitor it- fucking nails him. Yeah. Well, interesting you should say that Tom in the in under under character development. I completely see where you're coming from. He's really got that scoundrel characteristic swagger. going. Yeah. But they do actually I felt they lean actually quite hard into some of the uh, expanded universe or legends universe Luke Skywalker where later in the game he says he talks about the attachment and exactly what Anakin was saying in the the prequels that mm. they're, they, they're encouraged to love. Attachment is forbidden, yeah. but they're encouraged to love. And it, this is this is where in Legends, Luke Skywalker builds the Jedi, yeah. rebuilds the Jedi Order with marriages and children. And because mm-hmm. it's those attachments and those bonds to people and family that make them stronger, not weaker. And that's, that's one big aspect of Legends that they pulled and injected that into Cal and as soon as he started to talk about that and become more attached to Marin later on, mm. that was where I was like, "Yep, I'm I'm locked in with this character. I really like how these they've expelled the Legends canon, and now all these people are cherry picking all these things that they go that shouldn't have been gotten rid of. Yeah, we need to pull that back in because it belongs here. Okay, different character." Similar situation. Let's let's load Luke Skywalker post Return of the Jedi yep. into Cal Kestis and move forward. If this is this is the timeline we've got to deal with, I I, I also think there was some beautiful juxtaposition in in all of that against Bode, who mm. has formed an attachment so strong to his daughter that he's prepared to do evil, evil, evil shit. Um, to protect her and, and to well, uh, you know that's, he justifies that's, I his behaviour. I think that's the whole it. thing. I don't think Bode was ever. I don't. I never saw Bode as pure evil. No, he wasn't. To say that's but you, like sorry. Just to go back to what you're saying, evil, evil shit. It's just like it's not evil. It's just pure survival shit. Like it. It maybe if you were able to stand in a vacuum and go like that's good, that's evil. Sure. But no, he knew he, he was doing his, the wrong thing though. He admitted that he knew it. When he was when when they had the big reveal when the when his daughter when Cal walks in on his daughter at mm. the end of uh, I can't remember the the name of the Imperial Starbase Nova now. Garen yeah thank you um, 
he walks in and he he as much as confesses that he knows that he's been doing the wrong thing since Order sixty six as a way of surviving. And the yeah, only thing I he think cares that's about a reflection is more on on his his throwback to like the 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 Jedi doctrine more than like like when you actually put what he does in terms of yeah sorry he he betrays his friends he does all this kind of stuff but he does it for a good reason is to it's to make his daughter survive I think but, that's an inherently good thing is like to save like save your family you know he's not just doing it. For his own yeah, group, but he he's lost pu- himself in the process. But and yeah, I, and- yeah, he's but he's purely doing it for the sake of his daughter. Whether or not he does it in the right way, but it's but from point- good intentions, kind of thing. I think so- that's that's the that's where I took it from. Yeah. So I, I think. I think we can come back to Bode being a properly fleshed out character because a well, well- let's talk about who Bode was for but, anybody who hasn't played. Oh man, but, his well, fucking pack was <laughs> sick as fuck. How but before good we jump that in that, the, the the actual point I was trying to make though, um, back to what you were saying, Dan, is hmm. is that is the type of attachment that was discouraged in the Jedi Order. That was hmm. the reason they discouraged attachment was because. You could use that attachment against people, and and the Jedi Order knew that people did bad shit and justified it, or um, mm. you know, using that attachment or because of that attachment. And I yeah. thought that was a good juxtaposition between how Kel dealt with that situation versus Bode. Yes. Yeah, I I, I see no, where I'm you're both so coming from, and I think I probably agree with Tom a little bit more uh, that I don't think that he fell completely. And my no, he wasn't problem- a Sith. Yeah, so my problem with that side of it was if they hadn't have given him a red saber, I I would have been much happier to have seen him with his blue or his green or whatever the colour saber he and had. This comes back to the fight in episode three and it's the best Jedi versus Dark Jedi fight because it's blue saber versus blue saber. And you can never tell who's winning. I've been saying this for fucking years. <laughs> it is the best saber fight in any Star Wars film. Not because of the choreography, just because you can never tell which side is winning because it's purely an ethical debate, like in a lightsaber form. Mm. And you never know who's actually winning an ethical debate. Like one side thinks they're winning, one side thinks they're winning, but actually both sides are actually technically winning. It's just like, it was just, yeah, it, I, I agree. I really wish they hadn't given Bo a red saber. Yeah. I don't agree. I don't, any other color, any other color. Yeah, I think he hadn't fallen far enough. Uh, because you see the the love for the daughter, so he mm. wasn't completely selfish, like the the full they, how they talk about the the dark side people. Yeah. So yeah, he wasn't consumed, think, and, and yeah, did, I don't think he would have spent that time. He was to angry. Bleed that he was not consumed. That's a very good way of putting it, Peter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I my opinion is Bode was well written as a as a bad guy. All well-written bad guys are complicated, layered creatures yeah, yeah. who aren't uh, who aren't pure and who always who think they're the good guy, hmm. or at least don't think that they're the bad guy. That's just fucking great writing. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I I completely see where you're coming from. I don't think Bode thought he was either. I think he knew he wasn't the good guy, but he didn't think he was the bad guy. Hmm. And I I yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, Come back to that old Star Wars Star Wars uh, quote from a certain point of view. Mm. Mm. So that's actually you- a really yeah, that's a really good way to look at the way that Bode was developed. Um, is that it was just from whatever view, and that, and that's the best thing about if I don't know if you did it, Pete. I know that um, I talked to Dan about it, but did you go back post game and run through the levels and find the Bode little Force memories? Yes. 
Yeah, I don't so, think I found all of them, but I no, certainly no, no, found no. found but just a dozen even, or so. Even hearing half of them, it was just like the fact that they did that post game where they was knew, really cool. Yeah, mm. and it was just a really good way of also developing his character. I think there's there's one particular one that really stuck with me, and it's you're in the Luca Hulk, um, and it's on like the second level from when you just walk in, and it's Bo cheering Cal on. And then he goes, fuck, no, I can't do this. This guy is ruining what yeah. I need to do and it's my agenda. Um, and it was and like the, 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 there was like a cut He was point. At, war, at war with himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. But it was that cut point of like, look, I, I love and respect Cal and I think he's doing great things, but I just need to think about my daughter's survival and as part of that, my own survival, um, which is where I actually think, you know, Obviously, that comes into the name, and like I think that's it's less about Cal; it's more about Bode, like in that in mm. that sense of the word. Yeah, everybody was talking about who is the Jedi survivor, and I mean, it was talking about is it is it Cal, is it um, Dagon, but it's not. I mean, uh, what Tom just said. I think Bode is is the the big vote. Who it's actually? Mm. I mean, I know it's talking about all of them in their in their certain way, but the the one who really takes the show, I think, is Bode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and for those who don't know who Bode is, Bode's a new character to this game that you're introduced into the very first level on Coruscant, and he's part of Cal's uh, posse. Yeah, his his imperial bounty hunting crew, I guess. Um, and they work for he, um, Saw Gerrera. Yeah, they work They're for Saw Gerrera. Yeah. 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 Rebellion bounty hunters, and hmm. the big twist later on is that that Bode is uh, was also a Jedi that you don't find out until about fifteen hours into the game. <laughs> it's past the halfway point. It's oh, be, it's well past. It's going to be three quarters. Oh, three quarters. Three quarters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you fight Dag and Garrett with him, and you you think that's the that's the big bad, and you're off to Tantalor, and then all of a sudden they throw this big twist at you for the last sort of five hours of the game. Mm. Did the did did the twist land for you guys? Did you see it coming, or did it surprise no. you? No, no, I, I, I was actually, I was completely blown away and I was slightly devastated. Like, yeah, I really good, cheered good. for Bode. I thought he was the yep. coolest fucking dude. And then when he He's turned, like a, I was like, it was like a, a, a Calrissian. Fuck you, man. Fuck. <laughs> fuck this fucking fuck. He was I actually somewhere think between- Emma walked in to watch me doing that as it happened. And I was just like, but also then my mouth was like dropped to the floor. Like, I lost my bottom jaw. I don't know. I, like, I only picked it up three days ago. Kind of that kind of moment. Like, it was. It blew me away. I didn't see. It I didn't I see it coming. I like. I agreed with you when you played it after me, and you said you saw a betrayal coming, and you couldn't pick who it was. I never, never fuck you. Fuck you, Bode. Fuck. <laughs> God, man. This is why I have trust issues. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about Bode as an as a as a negative, like as a as a protagonist antagonist mm. rather. Um, is when he's on Tranalor and his daughter Tranalor? No, Tranalor. Tranalor. Thank you. Yeah. Tranalor, I think, is where, um, or Trenzalor was where Doctor Who was killed. Um, uh, when right I at the it end, was like the uh, the subplanet that Optimus Prime went to for his holiday. <laughs> it might have been too. Um, right at the end, and his daughter's screaming at him to stop, and his daughter has sided with Cal and and Merrin, and the, I I didn't feel like there was enough internal fight from mm. Bode at the end. He he just embraced, nah, fuck you guys. I've already picked my path. 
I'm not going to be swayed and I'm they ignoring went, my daughter. Yeah, the last bit was to, no, I'm turned now rather than I'm still conflicted. It's like, yeah. yeah. And I, it would have been I a agree. ripoff yeah. if he'd, it would have been a ripoff if he'd redeemed himself at the end in terms of they've set him up as a big bad. He can't, mm. t- can't come good right at the end and everyone walks away friends. So he had to die ultimately. But I, I, I just I don't think so. I think they could have gotten away with it. I think I think there was enough dialogue leading through to that point that if Cal beat him down hard enough, like he did, and mm. God God damn that execution at the end was just oh chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that he did it with the blaster and not the fucking lightsaber. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was a poignant t- return of the the scene of handing him the blaster. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I just think the I think there was a point that they they could have they could have had him turn round and been a kind of character that was on the inside but out, if you know mm. what I mean. Mm. <laughs> they they could have had him with with the group but you never know. fully trusted and somebody always has mm. to be with him and like get yeah, like we're well, still going watching for, going you. forward, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, if he'd survived, yeah, if he if, if he'd, he'd survived, yeah, if he'd turned back, but at the very least, I expected more sadness in him, and um, you know, if he if he wasn't going to redeem himself, at least at the end battle, internal conflict, you know, to see himself at war with himself, he almost goes to his daughter when she says, "Please stop." You, you know, you should have been able to see the tension in the air, and I just, mm. it, it just to me was just no. I like blood rage. I'm already on this path. This is the only path I'm on. Um, there wasn't even any sadness at the end after he realized it that was, he was it, dead. It actually felt like mm. a, and I know that I might get crucified for this, <laughs> but it almost felt like a cheaper rendition of what Anakin did to Padme. In yeah. that he had that blood rage and he didn't stop to see what she was trying to argue. And, like, I know people have their problems with the prequels. I think they're absolute masterpieces, except for episode two. No one talk about that. It's, it's, you know, we know you think that. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't like sand, gets everywhere. Yeah. That's episode two, man. Like, don't talk about episode two. Like, you know, you've, you've got the middle <laughs> child. You always forget it. You leave it at the, like, the bus stop, you leave it at the airport, like, you know, whatever. Um, no, no, it was it was uh, it was that kind of that was the vibe I got of like uh, right when Anakin had Anakin had fully turned to the dark side, obviously by this stage. Mm. But like there was that part of Padme that was trying to turn him back. Um, whereas you know with with Bode and his daughter, it was just like it was it. I I actually thought it was quite well done in terms of like the way that parents often really dismiss the innocent view their ch- children have, even if they're actually doing like. Like I obviously see parents do dumb shit at the brewery all the time, mm. and a kid goes, "Don't do that," and they're like, "Nah, no, nah, you're right." I'm like, "I actually agree with your four year old. Um, don't do that. Um, that's dumb." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of that one of the things of like, "Oh no, I'm I'm older. I'm superior. I know what I'm talking about. You don't," kind of thing. Um, which I which I get, but yeah, I I agree in that like you really thought that the daughter was gonna just pull him back that little bit at the yeah, at the end. That's there. what yeah. I thought. Yeah. I actually the best thing that I got from Bode, um, and you uh, both of you having watched Clone Wars was just like, now I really want to see a Clone Wars style, Clone Wars style animation and Clone Wars era like show, like maybe it's a mini series, whatever, of Quinlan Voss and Bode being fucking mm-hmm. spies <laughs> during the Clone Wars. I think yeah. it's gonna be the sick. It could be like, like I love that. Um, 
what's that? Henry Cavill Army Hammer. Um, that sixties the the film that was like based on a comic book and they were like Clone Wars. They're, they're not Clone Wars. Man from Cop- Uncle. Man from Uncle. Yeah, mm. Man from Uncle, but Star Wars. But it's Quinlan yeah. Boss and fucking Bode. And Bode's got his jetpack, which is the sickest piece of technology I've ever seen in Star Wars in the last twenty years. Um, <laughs> combined with Quinlan Boss being the fucking boss that he is, like. That's my dream project, like, you know, um, <laughs> Filoni. Hello, Filoni, Filoni, listen, listen, make that. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what did you guys think, think of the length of the story overall? Was it a, was it a good, good story? I, I, I think it could have been fleshed out a, like a teeny bit longer, maybe an extra five hours. I thought there was too much <laughs> MacGuffin chasing here and there. Um, if they'd fleshed it out in... I thought the the story mission parts of it were fantastic. I think the 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 time you spend on Jeddah and getting to the temple after you've uh, gotten gotten back with Marin, I thought all those sequences that were story driven parts to introduce you to a new part of the map hmm. were fantastic. And the, the 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 thing I'm thinking of is I love Red Dead Redemption, but. Hmm. I find the mission parts, the story parts of Red Dead that introduce you to a new part of the map infuriatingly short. Mm. They're, they're over in five minutes and then you go, okay, here's your new area. You can you can now wander around in it. As where this sunk you into some of those areas for an hour. Like yeah. while you while you went through and you heard like encountered all the stormtroopers and the beasts and everything like that, mm. and then you can come back later on and it's a little bit uh, a little bit different as you go back through. I think I think on that that they they underuse Seer and um, you know Cordova in that in that sense. Like yeah. I would love to a bit of it. Like I don't need Eno. So for, for those who haven't played. The guy you follow through Fallen Order mis- miraculously appears at the Jeddah base when you get there. And it was a beautiful – I did not see that coming in any no, way, shape, not or at <laughs> And I actually went, oh, like I made that noise. Like, like oh, it's Eno. And then was like, who's Eno? I was like, doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's Eno. Like, he's here. He's alive. And then BD1's reaction. Yeah, mm. and BD1 goes fully fucking nuts, as you would. But it's just like I would have liked to have like a – I thought it could have been a really fun section for him – to like leave you in the bits of combat to be like I don't do that anymore I'm I'm purely <laughs> but like also kind of like rip on Indiana Jones to be like no I'm an actual archaeologist so I don't fight I'm going to leave you to do that I'm going to like jump up here and go start looking at the tomb or whatever and excavating and stuff once you're done with the fighting come up and meet me and then we'll go through and like have a little history lesson and kind of stuff I think that was a misbeat um I felt he was really underused for that reveal as well. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just me. Only to 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 die. Oh man, that was that was heartbreaking. It was, and then it's not too long after that Seer dies as well. It's like just oh, felt like I was let's talk about that. Punched. Like I knew Vader was going to appear at some point. I didn't know I was actually going to have to fucking fight Vader. <laughs> Jesus was good though. It fucked me. I talked to Dan about this. I don't think I talked to you about this. Like that Vader fight fucked me. It took me an entire afternoon to get through that. I just, I don't know what, I don't know. I think I actually felt fear of fighting Darth Vader. Like I think I actually choked up playing a video game being like, I can't beat Darth Vader. (laughs) I think the first time I actually went through that fight, I thought, no, no, this is a scripted thing. I have to lose to him. 
because like he's taking too much of a health chunk out every time he hits me. Mm. I was like, cool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, all right, I've gotten through like Scripted the second that section. I'm gonna lose. Yeah, and then I was like, cool, I've got to lose this. Let's just lose and get through it. And then I was like, it reset me. I was like, oh fuck. And I got in my own head. I was like, I'm not. I, I can't beat Vader as Seer. That is stupid. That is the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's funny that the timing was perfect for me because I got to the Jedi. Sorry, I got to the Vader fight just after watching the episode of um, uh, Rebels where Ahsoka and Ezra Bridges mm. fight Vader. Mm. Or, or Vader comes down and, and disrupts um, Darth Maul and, and his plans and all the rest the of it. The best episode of Rebels. Oh, don't say that. I'm only halfway <laughs> through season three. I was looking forward to some more amazing. Um, oh, there is there's some good there's some there's some still yeah. some good stuff, but uh that is by, it the, really, by far for the me, most poignant moment. That Vader mm. entrance was really reminiscent of um him entering the Hoth base too. Yes. Ooh. Yes. I thought that was a be- beautiful little touch. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I-, I love that now they've just and sorry, I've I've got to focus on that Vader fight for a second. Um now they've decided that Vader can stop a lightsaber with his hand. Like he could stop a blaster bolt mm. before and now he can do that. Look, it was a beautiful little moment in that cinematic fight sequence, like when it cut to that and he just goes, no, fuck you. But I don't know if Vader's ever done that before. And like I would I would love to like, I didn't look through the expanded universe, but that that was a little like, all right, mate, here you go. Here's a little power boost, like a little <laughs> steroid injection in yeah. you. Like, yeah. Um, just did a shot of Bacta before he started the fight. Yeah, I mean, well, God. only in only in Obi Wan. That's the only other time we've seen it in live action. Yeah, but this is post. But- this is post Obi Wan, so it's kind of like they've gone like, oh yeah, yeah. shit, we should do that too. That's cool. Like, <laughs> and, 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 don't get me wrong, it's fucking cool. Like, and given Vader's level of force power, he should be able to. Mm. Like, there are talk there. There's all this stuff in the expanded universe about people who absorb lights oh, entire. Like, there's in Old Republic, um, the the main chick that you like see in all the trailers. At one point, she absorbs Darth Malak's like lightsaber into her hand. Yoda does that with Force lightning and stuff. Like, Anakin should definitely be powerful enough to do that. But it's just like, oh, now he can. Just okay, came out of cool. nowhere. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, okay. Yeah, it's uh, convenient. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, um, we should move on to to some of the other characters. Yes. I, I, what, what did you guys think? I, I felt they were well fleshed out in terms of character development for being secondary characters. Oh, Grizz, Grizz, my boy. Grizz, <laughs> yeah. He yeah. was less annoying in this game than he yeah, was in the I first would, one. Yeah, I would follow him to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, um, I thought I thought the, the main cast was great across the board. I yeah. Think. yeah. And main cast, I'm talking about Cal, Mirren, Bode, um, Grease, uh, Sia, Cordova, yeah. um, mm. them to me are the other main cast. The main, yeah, and and BD, but B, BD takes the prize. BD was the best character in the whole fucking game. He is. Um, I, 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 yeah. The only only one of those, I, yeah, I still say that Cordova was underused. Unfortunately, I, I yeah, really but in like- the terms of voice voice acting <laughs> and portrayal of character, yeah. Um, I yep. was, I was, yeah, because as I was playing it, obviously I was playing it at, at its kind of like hype release time. Um, so seeing things on, especially on Twitter and 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 uh, Instagram about like the love of Turgle, I was like, yeah, Turgle was fine, but everyone like got behind him. I was like, well, he didn't do much. Um, in terms of like the the yeah. other characters in in the cantina, the the building of the cantina I particularly loved. Yes. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. As I said to you guys, it really felt like, like I, I, it felt like working in a bar again. Like, and you meet these locals, and none of them should be friends. Like, mm. none of them ever associate. But for some reason, they sit together and have a drink, and they're like, they're placid. But if you put them in separate situations, they they'd never they'd never coexist. Mm. Um, like Moran, Moran's my favorite dude. The, the the most bitter fucking ex trader, weird fucking dude sitting in the bar. I thought he I thought he was the greatest. I I, <laughs> I particularly loved him. I love that Monk was also a nineteen forties gangster bartender for no reason other than <laughs> that was funny to some developer to be like, nah, fuck it, but put him in, see? Like, like make him serve drinks, see? He's gonna shake up your cocktail. Hey, here you go. Here's some blue milk. Yeah, yeah drink it, boy. Like, I really loved him. Um. But yes, uh, except for I guess Cage, the others. I, I I agree. I found lacking, and the DJs were weird. Should never have been. The DJs, the DJs should never. I don't. Some I, good I music get where, though. I get where they were trying music, to go. But yeah, go I could have just it. had a jukebox. But it was it was it was weird. They were mm. they were all weird. It was a weird little rumor. It was weird when you came up to them, and I didn't ever want to speak to them again. Uh, I don't think I did. To for a actually, couple. well, I think you had to for one re- one thing, but then also to change the music in the cantina. I always put the who, the who band on every time I walked in. So, yeah. Who are you? Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, wrong who, Tom? Oh, I, I hated just... I hated Cage's voice acting. I thought it was terrible. Did it remind you a bit of um, Omega? Omega. I yeah. thought it actually was Omega. I had to look it up and see if whether it was Omega. I fucking hated it. I thought it was really it was, it was one way of the most grating, grating yeah. and overdone New Zealand accents I've heard in a long time. Dude. But was it? I I I felt like they couldn't decide if it was a New Zealand or a South African accent. It just well, came. I, I got pure. It was kiwi. just. I got pure. It was just from. a. I think they just got a kiwi fruit, a fucking banana, and whatever the South African fruits are. No, no, no. They thought. No, no, I know exactly. Actually, I just figured out exactly what they thought. They thought that um, uh, Tamara Morrison is a kiwi, and he obviously plays the ultimate bounty hunter in Mm. in Django and Baba. Um, But then they thought, you know what? In actual like world culture. There's a lot of South African bounty hunters, so let's just mash them together <laughs> and hope for the fucking best. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we'll put it in a Cato Nemoidian and just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. I agree. I agree. And so many. Like, this is this is. I've I've put my gripe about the NPC voice uh, acting out to you guys. Go, here so go. This is I'm, for you. No, go, go, go. I'm I'm going to drop it here and then walk away. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, Explain yourself. Oh, no, I'm going to explain myself, but we don't need to spend too long on this. The The biggest letdown of talking to the alien races within the world, other than the two dogmen that were accompanied Cal in the uh, Coruscant mission, what yeah. race are they? Do you know? You remember? Uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, the, the Bulldog, the, the Bulldog the, man. The NRL team from um, yeah. South Sydney. Yeah. So they, they speak their alien language, and mm. you, they've kind of set that precedent from – the very beginning, like mm. the very start of the game, and then almost every other alien you meet with it throughout the game speaks in some fucking drawn out American old west Hollywood kind of fucking accent, like some rancher accent that would be in a, an old nineteen twenties Hollywood movie. It was terrible. It's like I can't remember one other alien in the game that actually speaks in an alien language. Mm-hmm. The you you run into um, 
what uh, what's Greedo's race? The dude in the squid man, the guy that just randomly appeared in Rise of Skywalker, who was like the slug with tentacles. Yeah, out the- yeah. yeah. So even even that race that was in the Millennium Falcon, yeah. in like doing doing his mechanical work with no fucking hands, like oh, have you fixed <laughs> the like? Poe yells at him, have you fixed this on the way past? The guy doesn't have any fucking hands. He's an <laughs> overgrown fucking slug. How is he going to fix anything? You got a straight you straight up American accent out of that character. Like, okay, fantasy genetics aside, these, these aliens might not even have the vocal cords and the vocal ability to speak in common, let alone ignoring every other part of canon that has come through Star Wars from the very beginning from A New Hope that aliens generally speak their native language and people are fluent in a lot of these languages and common is only spoken amongst the humanoids. In the Star Wars universe, the most common languages are uh, galactic Basic, which is English, yeah, or yeah. Huttese, Huttese. So they, yeah. they, and but that's the whole thing is like you need to be able to kind of speak one of two of those to communicate in the greater, greater Star Wars universe. Because after our discussion on text, I actually went up and looked it up. The other one yeah. they mentioned was Bocce, which is uh, uh, it's like a third language to me, um, uh, as C three PO says. Like, yes. but that's purely like droid language. So like, you don't have to be able to speak to droids because generally there's translated or like they'll plug into a computer and you can read their read out of things. But yes, there should have been, if they couldn't speak basic, they should have been speaking Hartees. Um, mm. But even I, in- I've definitely come around on the way you, like you were talking about that. I don't think every, every race should be speaking in their native tongue because it is like such a communal kind of breeding ground, but they should be, they should be either basic or Hartees. Yeah. I think, I think that should be like a really, and I think it's a good thing for game developers going forward in the Star Wars universe that that should maybe be like a basic fucking thing, like going forward, like especially the more outlandish, like you know, Slug Man. Um, which when I say that, I just think of like Spoon Man, which is you know the, the Sound Garden song. Um, I just think of that, like Slug Man. I just think he should be he should be speaking Hartees, or yeah. like especially like Rodians should be speaking Hartees. Rodians, um, that's it. Yes, yeah. Rodians should be speaking. Hutton. Or at least, at least be speaking that to each other until you approach them to talk to them and they can switch mm. to intergalactic common. So at least in the background din of the cantina, you have the music and then you have yeah, a bunch yeah, of foreign yeah. language. It would have given mm-hmm. it a much, a much more realistic atmosphere when you walked in. It was actually really world-breaking for me. It, every time I walked up to an alien, even if it was just a common person walking through the, uh, yeah. the, the, the streets and I'd just go, oh, yeah, I'm just going to see what this person has to say. Maybe they've got a rumour they've just come to town kind of thing mm-hmm. and just, just have a chat to them. And it just, it just I was like, ooh, okay, that was, that was quite jarring uh, to, to hear that. But the Mandalorian is doing that a lot too. Mm-hmm. They are trying to make it accessible there. But one thing that, like, that once again going back to the Slugman, um, the 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 overgrown snail people. I should know all these. I'm a big Star Wars fan. You know the the it is it, 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 the mare in uh, Book of Boba Fett mm. um, that have the the lips on either side of their heads, and then they have the microphone. Uh, just uh, outside yeah, their yeah, lips, yeah, which then translates it into a digital common. Yep, 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 so yep, they're yep. speaking their language, and then it's translating it out to to be heard in common through a speaker. Hmm. And it's 
the, that's they're going thing, that's to, an easy thing to put into a game. Like, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. If you're going to have uh, uh, someone speaking Hatice and you don't want to explain that Cal should be able to speak it, one because he came up in the Jedi Temple and was should have been taught the shit from when he was knee high to a grasshopper, and it's it's it was just really really breaking for me and that it was my biggest hatred of the entire fucking game and I hated the NPCs and I hated talking to them because An of An Ithorian male was yeah. the mayor of um, Mos yeah. Espa during the time of Boba Fett's takeover of the palace for those playing it. Yeah, home. I just found that on uh, online as well. And they, they appear in um, – they do actually speak common in uh, Clone Wars or Rebels yeah, but without I don't think, I don't the translator. Think, I don't think that's, that's right. Yeah, I'll tell you, one other pet hate that I had um, was after you finished the fractured fractured buttholes, um, it, <laughs> it, it, left, it, it left that, that um, the tear. Bad to, taste in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> That's called a tang if you are. Yeah, the <laughs> it left the tear in, in the world so that you could revisit it, but it had that distortion effect as you approached it, mm. and it fucking pissed me off, particularly since there was one right next to Doma uh, mm. in her shop. So every time you walked into oh, the shop I didn't after mind you did that. that. I didn't mind that because I imagine because it was a forced air, like like it would still have an effect even after you finished it kind of thing. I, its I, radius I, was too much. Yeah. yeah, it just you could not shop it anymore prolapsed. without it. Was it prolapsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was coachy girl. Um, but you couldn't shop anymore without that weird shimmering effect. I just found it fucking annoying. Anyway. Oh, no, you know what I found fucking annoying? The fact they brought back that fucking toad fuck. Fight. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> he destroyed me for so long. And then you had to fight him and his dad. It was dad. his son, like, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it was son of Ogre Logo or something. Yeah. Ogre Doc. Oh, yeah. If anyone's played the first game and you're not expecting the fucking toad <laughs> to come back, sorry, Pete. Um, he comes back. 50 minutes, 18. Thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> fucking toad, fucking Mr. Toad. How dare you? Yeah. He was faster too and he was more savage. He was. Yeah, super aggressive. Yeah. Super aggressive. I yeah, actually really like the four stairs. I, I know we we all had that fucking annoying. Um, I had a different one to you guys. The agility one. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the agility ones were, were, were dumb and I agree with, with Dan because the, the, the movement was not as tight as it needed to be to do those kind of things. Mm. But I agree. I, they were I, frustrating I, as fuck. I found most of them to be like I actually when I found one I was like oh sick let's go like I I, I actually really relish the opportunity to go through them yeah yeah I'm I just found that those aerial only ones were fucking annoying yes yeah, there was two of horrible. them yeah there was two of them and in fact the one that I think Dan got stuck on I got through faster than the one I got stuck on which was one you got stuck on um it was the other aerial one where the you had zip to zip line one yeah the zip line one. Exactly. Oh, when you had to jump back on the zip line? Mm. So yeah, that was actually bounce. the one. That was the <laughs> one I got stuck on. Yeah, you had to bounce between fun. zip lines, you had the lightning bolt. No, um, the, I think oh, so if Dan was stuck on the other one, the other one I was like is it because there the, were there were th- that was the uh, wall there were three, running there yeah. were three altogether. Yeah. yeah, the one with the balloons was easy enough. The grapple oh, the one balloons. balloons was a fucking piece of piss. I saw a video yeah. on um Instagram or Facebook the other day where it was like this is the hardest one. I was like no it weren't. <laughs> You haven't found the other ones, have you? Like, otherwise, you've been hurt in ways that I've never been hurt. Like, I yeah. don't even remember the balloon one, so that's how unmemorable it was. Yeah, no, the balloon ones are super easy. <laughs> um, in terms of the combat ones, I 
the one that was the most annoying for me was definitely the the two rancors because I got through it and then mm. saved, finished for the night. I was like, I'm going to bed because nothing else I do tonight is going to be as good as that. And then the game updated overnight and didn't save it. So I had to do it again oh, the next no. day. <laughs> oh, that's fucking annoying. <clears throat> and it was, so it was just that one hit, that one hit lunge kill that really fucked me. Um, once I actually figured out that I could, uh, I definitely, I definitely spammed the the double toad one. Yep. Uh, because I found if you got one behind the other, they couldn't do the leap attack at yeah, you. So I would kill yeah. one of it and then be like, oh, mm-hmm. "Bye, guys. see you later." Sorry, <laughs> hey, that is. Uh, I think they deserve it. They deserve every fucking sea bomb on the planet. Those are the worst. <laughs> they are the worst enemies ever to exist in. Okay. I was I, look. I I had trouble with the um the stupid rancor fucking grab and snack attack. The one hit mm. fucking kill that was frustrating as well because if you you didn't quite if you if you didn't see it coming or you weren't expecting it or your attention was temporarily taken away by another enemy, you just game over. And it didn't matter. Well, that was the same with, with the toads, the tongue with one. the tongue attack. You, yeah, if you mm. if you literally if you dive to the left or right, just that half second too late or or too early, too early, it was all over. You, but you're like, I'm not. I, I was at full I'm getting angry again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was just like I definitely dodged that. We're kind um, of in level design now, so I might I might shuffle this. Hmm. Well, we're, we're t- kind of talking about the challenges and the puzzles, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It's fun. I thought the level design was beautiful. I, I, I particularly enjoyed um, the layout of Kobo. I thought Kobo was yep. great. Um, I, the only thing I had an issue with was two desert planets in in the one game felt a bit too like safe. I guess is probably the better way to do it. It wasn't it wasn't lazy. It definitely, they felt different. They were different. It was like savanna versus like actual desert. Mm. But I I would have enjoyed having another like more like like varyingly different uh, scape to go through. Like because that's what that was the beautiful thing about Fallen Order. It was like even though you got to visit Ilum for like half a second, it was still a snow planet that you got to go through. Mm. You went to Kashyyyk. It was a full forest. Yeah. Planet. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I liked I I liked Kobo. I, I I disagree in the sense that I think there was enough. The, it wasn't desert like in a lot of places. You had the forests. the The forest array um, quest was probably my favourite part in terms of game design yeah. or, or level design. It was pretty. Um, I think the Shattered Moon was cool too. That was a very oh, different the Shattered Moon environment. Was great. I loved yeah. running around that. Yeah. Lots of different levels to play with, particularly going back to collect all of the collectibles that I missed the first time. That was a lot How of How good is fast travel in one of those games? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking oath. Yeah. Um, any, did you guys hate any of the planets? Just- uh, no. Oh, I think I probably would have liked a bit more on Nova Garen, maybe. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah. 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 And, and I think it Tanalore felt, it was. Just, it just way felt like you literally scraped the service. Um, in terms of Tanalore and like how limited you had on that, I actually didn't mind that. Um, I felt it was like a, it definitely felt like a tease for the third game, which they're obviously going to make. Yeah. Um, where you fully get to explore Tanalore. Um, in Kobo was. I could not get enough of Kobo. I would mm. roam that for hours just doing nothing. Um, That's what like, I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I found Jeddah. I thought Jeddah was the the puzzle temples were cool and 
But apart from that, it Literally, was just an base, annoying The base expanse. was the more complicated puzzle. Like, finally Ooh, figuring out the base it. to get yeah. everything around the base. <laughs> I was just like, fuck, that took me forever. Um, but oh, I agree. I those those, the, those, those I, puzzle temples were, were cool. They were um, a lot of fun. I'm, I, I it was just nice found to go that, back to Jedi, I think. I think I that was the best Jedi. thing. Yeah. I, I loved Jedi. I loved all the storyline stuff on Jedi. Mm. I, th- I thought it was I, – I thought it, it, I thought it felt like Jedi. Yeah. And this doesn't just apply to Jedi because I think it applies to the whole game. And it probably maybe it applies to Jedi more because we've seen it in Rogue One. But it felt like Star Wars. Yes. Yes, oh, I agree see, with for that. me, Kobo felt pure Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. Kobo felt like pure frontier, like frontier spaceport and probably maybe a bit Mass Effect-y. Um, yeah. But I, I really, I really like the feel of um, of Kobo. I could have run around Kobo. I, I, I honestly, I really loved the addition of the High Republic. I thought that was the best move mm. they made mm. um, post Fallen Order to bring in a lot of really deep High Republic lore. Um, as and, and I said to you guys when I first started playing, I was like, "Holy shit, this has opened up a whole new era of Star Wars I've never touched." Because I hadn't touched any of the the, the the High Republic stuff in comics or or books or you know, there's no real like shows or or, or anything else around nobody nobody's yeah. nobody's touched it in the Disney High Republic books. No, no, <laughs> no. sold fuck all. Yeah, but like I've I've gone now and read the Marvel High Republic comics. Okay. Like it, it, it made me want to read those, um, and I think it's I think it's a it's a such a cool concept of an era. Like I love I want the to see uh, more Art Deco. From. Yeah, I love the Art Deco droid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Z was cool. Z was fucking cool. Oh, yeah. No, I could have put Z in a trash compactor and been quite happy. <laughs> she was clearly Z's design. Like crazy. I think was what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like I like Z's design. Yes, yeah. I do like Z's design. Yes. But she was clearly glitchy in the head, right? So yeah. they, you know, there was something a couple of wires crossed up top. I like I like that uh, I think the thing that really got me with that story, if we're talking about like level design and story and mm. like the whole like meshing it together, like getting Grease back to pilot really made it for me. Mm. Like I don't want Cal to mm. be Cal needs a support crew because yeah, he's I always agree. carrying all that shit on his back. Plus you don't to want have- to be the all singing, all dancing yeah. um, antagonist when or main character when the whole point of the story from from his perspective is it's about place in the universe and family. Yeah, it's about putting down roots and it's about it being okay to fall in love and think to the future. He couldn't have done that without a supporting cast. No, no, you, you're hundred percent right. And just I think having Grease back in the pilot seat, um, and it's one of those things like you know I put Jasper in the car with me now to take him to the vet, and I'm like. Take a seat, Cal. And he just looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, grab some seat. We're almost there. Grab some like. <laughs> seat. Yeah. So just, just on the Grease and uh, a couple of the others, it was it was very uh, – the, the humour that they injected in there wasn't anything new, but it was very well-timed. They, I agree. They, they, Not new the but fresh. Actors, Not new but fresh. Yeah. And, mm. and, and de- I guess – Fresh for that world as well. It um, it stepped away the from the between very Grease and Marin sl- was very receptive of oh. what they had at the end of Fallen Order. Yeah, and you started going back through the levels to collect everything. Yeah, when and- they were doing this, it was just like ah, oh, still got it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, well done. 
But it made it feel fleshed out. It made it feel yeah. like the crew was more than just a supporting cast for, for Cal. They were actually interacting with each other when you weren't mm. around. And some of it was quite subtle too. I mean, the, the, the big ones you're talking about with Grease piloting is him screaming once they get out of the uh, the, the, the hyperspace jump to Tantalor. He's still screaming and they're there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that was that was one big point. Oh, look, I that literally wasn't. Giggle. I was literally talking about just the interaction between planets. Oh, banter. Oh, yeah. no, I know you were, yeah. but that, that, was, that was what popped into my head. And the other the other very subtle uh, humorous part was um, after Meryn surprise kiss Cal and uh, Cal's standing there with a dumb look on his face and BD just gives him this little tap on the shoulder and he's like just that. It's just that Snap out two, two second little <laughs> tap tap from your droid buddy on your back and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, right here. Yep, cool. Which what takes, are we doing? You back, takes you back to that. Like there's a classic <laughs> meme from, from episode three of uh, um, Anakin and R two, like between um, like yes. going 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 yeah. to, to um, going to the, the planet, and they're just like, "Hey man, R two is just like, hey hey Anakin, is everything everything okay?" He's like, "Yeah, bro, everything's fine." It's like, "You sure you want to talk about <laughs> what just happened on Coruscant? Maybe it's just like, nah, bro. It's like, yeah, man, your droid sees fucking everything. Like, you got to remember that. They, you know, it's like your phone; it's constantly recording. Like." Um. Yeah. I. I. The. The way they upped the BD Cal interaction mm. was oh. subtle enough, but really good enough. Oh, um, finding every every time I found one of the um the the hit the, the stim packs. things, yeah. I was wondering what little animation are they going to do? Oh, that, that little elbow <laughs> bumps. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I really want to talk about the music. The music, obviously, is a really special oh, part for can, me. Can I just throw one more BD thing in here that I noticed that probably people probably have just yep, before you blow blow a valve uh, in one of the it 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 happens randomly uh, whichever planet you're jumping to and BD standing on the console up the front and he looks at Grease and, and he, he shuffles yeah. over to the button <laughs> and he taps the button and then he quickly shuffles back and looks yeah. at him and there's this little twitch of his head while he looks at him and, and Grease never notices Grease never no, notices no, no. yeah it's those beautiful little things and especially if you're not standing in the cockpit when that happens you miss it like yeah. if you're off doing other things, it's just those those beautiful little attention to details and the fleshing out of the crew. Absolutely, and, yeah. And BD that beeps and boops, like he speaks in binary, like and he's but got he's a so pet. much personality. They've, he's they've, not a pet. He's not a pet. The, the the That move that you're talking about reminded me so much of one of my old cats. It's exactly the sort of shit they would do to get your attention. And I know that was the intent was different between what you just described. Mm. And but the, my cat would literally sit on the top shelf. Yeah, but your and- cat's not uh, putting in the <laughs> navigation points for a hyperdrive. No, true, <laughs> true. <laughs> but she would she would literally sit on the top of the shelf. And if she wanted my attention, I was ignoring her. She'd push something off the shelf and then look at me and put her paw behind the next object. Yeah. And she would literally threaten me. Yeah. So uh, it kind of reminded me of that kind of. No, I get where you're coming from. It was it was that pet like thing of. It was. But it, yeah. but it was also BD going like, Grease, you forgot this button again. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to push it, and you'll. But it's not not letting Grease know that he's he's yeah. never pushed that button. It's just like, hmm. I'm always here. I'm that was that was my button when you weren't here for five years. I pushed that button, so I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, no, I'll talk about. I loved it. Yeah. Talk about I loved the all the animations. Yep. Yes, yeah, I, I really want to talk about the music because obviously I have a massive, massive um, John Williams diehard. Like uh, I, so for for those who don't know me, and uh, God bless you, um, you're welcome. Um, but I, I listen to some form of Star Wars music at least once a week. 
um, whether it's a cover, whether it's a, a soundtrack, whether it's like, you know, I messaged you guys before. I was like getting G'd up for this episode. I was listening to the, the Jedi Survivor soundtrack again. Um, I haven't really come across a good successor for um, John Williams. Obviously, John Williams is 95. He's going to die any day now. I, 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 I hate the idea of that happening. I will, I will be devastated when that happens. That man has influenced my life more than most, most people I've ever known. Um, and I've never met the guy, but he, he has an integral part in, in my heart and soul and has for many, many, many years. Um, but Jesus Christ, Stephen Barton and Gordy Harb have really encapsulated the the John Williams esque atmosphere, the the tonality, the the instrumental use, the way they they create the music, which is a homage to everything that John Williams has created. But at the same time, it is taking a step back and going, "Hang on, this is our music." It's it's like this is the thing. It's our music. It's not John Williams' music. We obviously need to play like play to his strengths, but we're going to add our own flavor to it. Um, I think is one of the cleverest, cleverest fucking things I've ever heard in music in the last decade, twenty years, whenever. Um, John Williams, like as much as I believe I believe in him as a creator and and a musician, um, and this is going to sound controversial. He's a ripoff. Um, John Williams really based a lot of his music in uh, the um, late 20th century Roman, uh, not Roman, Russian composers. Um, so a lot of Prokofiev, a lot of Dvorak, a lot of um, Rachmaninoff. Like that's where he got all his influences, and it's beautiful the way he's brought them into the modern 20th century like filmmaking things, and the way he's brought into like a because it's it's it's. Um, uh, what is it? It's 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 the way you describe that music is um, picturesque. Is, the, is is not the way. And my mum would be killing me right now. She keeps <laughs> saying this. Um, it, but it, it invokes imagery in your in your mind. You you hear the, the 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 symphony of the twin sons of Tatooine, and you think twin sons. Like it's just that kind of like um, that kind of music. And the way these guys have done it. Um, compared to some of the other composers that have taken over a lot of the Star Wars music, because obviously John Williams can't, he's 95, he can't yeah. compose everything anymore. Um, like uh, classic example is a Rogue One soundtrack. Great soundtrack, don't get me wrong, sounds like Star Wars, but that was Michael Giannocchio. I probably absolutely butcher that. Michael, he, he did the, um, the most recent Star Trek films as well. He's done Doctor Strange. He's gonna, he's one of the busiest busiest name. fucking dudes in like modern modern composing for for films. Giacchino, I think it is. Giacchino, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, um, I don't know. I can't. You know, I've never met the guy. Um, he can correct me when he comes and has a beer with me. Uh, <laughs> but like, the thing with his Star Wars music is, and especially all his other music is, you can feel his theme coming through again. It's like his line. Mm. Um, through that, I I really find the way that Stephen Martin and Gordy Harb blend um, the way they create the Star Wars music into their own like their own line of like adding their little like touch to it is seamless. I think it's one of the the best like 
they are they are the two guys to take over from John Williams to compose any sort of Star Wars music going forward. Um, Kevin Kleiner, who did all of the Clone Wars and Rebels music, is brilliant. Don't get me wrong, um, but these guys just feel more John Williamsy mm-hmm. in in, in the way they create it. Um, it was seamless. I think seamless is the right word. Yeah, it's beautiful. I I, I love it. Yeah. You can't and tell where the original music stopped and the new stuff started. No. And their rendition, the the music in uh, Sia's funeral. Fucking, mm. oh. oh boy. Yeah. So if anyone, if anyone's actually, if I if I can give my, I've, I've saved them. So my my three, I did four tracks. I saved from. Um, Jedi Survivor, and they they did the music for Fallen Order too. Don't get me wrong. Um, so go back and listen to the Fallen Order soundtrack. Especially there's the two um, the two ones I particularly loved were um, Cal in Fallen Order with Cal Kestis and Failure is Not the End. Um, Failure is Not the End is the music they play when Cal finally gets his saber crystal. Um, that is amazing. Gordy Harb, by the way, who's the second composer in that. He did all of the Battlefront music for Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2, the remakes. Um, but then when you go into Jedi Survivor, lit, uh, the Frontier Welcome, where the Nekos roam, where the Nekos roam is one of the greatest pieces of Star Wars music I've heard in oh, 20 years. It is, it is beautiful. It is such a, such a way of encapsulating the idea of a frontier. Um, there's a lot of like soft trills going through the start and into like, a really rousing brass thing, and that is classic John Williams as well. You need that big brass section to come through. Um, where the Neko's Roam, I what could listen to that. Uh, a Frontier Welcome, and then Where the Neko's Roam, but they're all they're all around um, Kobo. They're the Kobo music, like the Kobo background music. They were amazing. Um, the guys they got in to do the um, uh, riding on the back of the space camels. That scene uh, where it's Marin, Marin, and Cal running on. Uh, it's called Fields of Fields of Dusk. It's by a band named band named um, Tatran. Um, they have an orchestral version which you can find on Spotify. That's also amazing. It's really, really, really um, peaceful and relaxing music. Um, very good if you like trying to focus on something. So I really recommend that track. Um, and then Cold Dawn, which is the um, that's the burial one, which, you know, it, it chokes oh. you up, but like that's, but again, it's just the way they encapsulate that John Williams-esque, um, mm. the, the, the atmosphere, the, the tonality, everything. I, I can't, I, I'm sure there are music guys out there who could fault them, but I, I cannot fault them. Like, yeah, I, I absolutely love those four tracks and I really recommend if you want to listen to anything from, from the Jedi Survivor soundtrack, they are the four that I could, I could highly recommend that you go back and listen to. Anyway, that's my uh, music, John Williams rant. <laughs> that's good. Who was the band in the Cantina that was um, very uh, almost throat singer? The Who band. That's the Who band. The Who band. That's okay. the Mongolian. You one. fucking. It's just like you listen to me, you fucker. That's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> yeah, you just called them the the Who, but is that the, the name of the band? The Who band. H U. Okay. okay. H U. Okay. Yeah, Al, Al went on like, about those guys. Go go look up their shit on YouTube, man. It's fucking excellent. The Wolf Totem was their first. Uh, was their first um, big? Was their I have first looked them hit. up. I have looked them up. This is. Um, yeah, I think you great. and I have talked about them before. Mm. Um, okay, now that I know they're the Mongolian folk metal band, that's exactly. Yeah, what, yeah. I kept putting them on every time I went into Pilot Saloon. 
Um, yeah, 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 that's who I put. They they called the Asgard or something. Agasar. Agasar. I, just, yeah. I, I had yeah. to look it up because I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was thinking of. Mm. Um, cool. Shall we move on to the mechanics? I mean, I want to talk about lightsabers. Let's talk, yeah, about, let's lightsabers. talk about lightsabers. Yeah. Let's talk about I've got to pee, so you guys start. All right. Um, <laughs> I mean, we already talked about it. So what was your favorite lightsaber style? Because there's four styles in the game now. Four? Five. 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 Yeah, <laughs> the, the boring old single-handed. Let's not say boring old single-handed. <laughs> it is the classic single-handed. The classic single-handed. Um, well, I think this is a really cool, fun thing to talk about from the first game and the development of this. Mm. So in the first game, you could either have single-handed or you could have dual-bladed. And then eventually, for you story reasons, right at the end. you had a special ability, which was a dual-saber attack. Um, in this game, they've started you out relatively early with very single, early. single double bladed or dual, and then as you go through the story, you eventually get blaster style, or then you get cross guard, um, yep. which is your claymore or very heavy saber. Um, Dan, I don't know if Dan sent it to you. There is a very good video on I think it's Kotaku's, um, Kotaku's YouTube or website of a of a, a, a well a world renowned sword specialist ranking the actual combat for, for Jedi Survivor. It's very, very cool if you're ever into that. Um, if you're not into that, it's the nerdiest fucking thing you'll ever watch. <laughs> but it's it's actually cool what he says is how like actual research they did into those um, sword fighting styles and the way they use them. Um, I watch I, a lot of those random videos on YouTube. It's like how oh, real so is so how good. real is yeah. the sniping or how real yeah, is yeah, the yeah, medieval yeah. siege warfare or yeah. So I I favored of the five styles, I favored blaster and dual wield. Okay. Yeah. And dual wield. And you yep. you favored. So I I switched halfway through. I respect. I was gonna ask you guys if you guys ever ever respect throughout your play. No, once. once I got the ability to shoot in the face, I Again with the C word. I've been drinking all day. Um, uh, <laughs> it's an up late. It's an up late. It's not late. It yeah, we swear all the time. The Americans, yeah. the Americans won't listen to it. That's uh, fine. What are it's they? A culture know? thing. Um, <laughs> um, oh, fuck yeah. a lot of them. We Blast can send our style. kids to school uh, and not Tom, worry. <laughs> Tom, 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 Tom saber styles, and then I'll yep. Oh, I, I described all five saber styles, and then we were saying I I I was uh, I was single blade, no dual blade, and then blaster. Yeah. And, then, and Pete was saying that he respect. Yeah, so I, I started with double bladed, um, and then started using cross guard, and I had already specced into double bladed, um, and then started specking into cross guard. Then I used my free respec, and started again with dual weld and cross guard. And so ah, any, anytime there was a anytime there was a boss fight or mm. um, any any of the larger droids, the massive um, raider with the hammer, I'd switch yeah. to cross guard. But for the most part, for, you know, day-to-day really? droid cleanup oh, and, and troopers, it's all dual world. Oh, man, tears, yeah. Oh, it I just does so much damage, though. No, it's just too fucking slow. <laughs> oh, I just got to get the timing right. Yeah, yeah well, I, I thoroughly look, enjoyed if it. If I'm Every drinking while I'm playing Star Wars, I'm not getting timing right, am I? It's <laughs> <laughs> so the problem with Souls S games. It's all about timing. Um mm. Yeah, I did cross guard and dual blade. Uh, mm. I did respec because I dropped all of my points into just single blade 
because that's how I wanted to play it. Uh, and that felt really underpowered yeah. uh, while I was playing it. And it felt yeah, like really yeah, right. they were pushing you, they were pushing you out of playing it in a um, in a fallen order style. I agree. They were pushing you to the other styles. Which so makes sense because you out. want Cal to grow. Like you want him to move away and develop something else. Like I think that's a good, really good point from like a story style. Um, I, yeah, I just, I loved the customization of the blaster. I thought it was oh. like, it's, yeah, so many. Well, not so much blasters. I have to admit, I only customized it once or twice because I didn't play with it. Well, blaster. you didn't use it, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But the customization options in the lightsabers as well, and and BD one, fuck me, they spent a lot of lot of time building. Yeah, these did you? Parts. I actually really didn't customize BD one past. Nor do I. I got. Oh, I, really? I, I originally got him how I kind of liked his look because I had a few of the um, like the RTD two um, mm. astromech one and then like one other one and like at the start and I think I basically had his basic head, his basic like antennas. He had the R2-D2 like astromech body mm. and legs and whatever else was the option. Was there one more option? There were five options you could customize them with. But yeah, it was like I had them from very early on and then head, head I, is visor body legs yeah visor that was it i think i eventually changed him to like the geonosian visor because i thought it was funny um but i <laughs> I, I, use, did, I use geonosian for all of them oh um, interesting yeah you're right and, and I, he matched my lightsaber in terms of color as close as i could yeah okay yeah as close as i could i i put him in a, a red white and blue um mix of r2 and r5 and i didn't yep. change him from the start yeah <laughs> Oh, but, look, and but it's funny because I customized my customize lightsaber every chance I got. As soon as I yeah. found a new color, I was like, oh, shit, I need to try this out. Yeah. It's funny because I, I did the same, but I actually only stuck with my changes twice. So okay. I, I'd always try out a new paint scheme or a new part, but yeah. but I really, the color scheme only changed really, uh, you know, I, I after tailing it, tailoring it initially, mm. uh, I really only changed it once halfway through the game, and that was after I unlocked a very specific paint scheme. Yeah, right. Otherwise, it didn't really change. The parts themselves changed, but the actual lightsaber itself didn't. And I had the samurai sword grip for the entire fucking game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the 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 actual the traditional weave. Yeah. I used yeah. that one too. Was it the one yeah. I, I can't remember? I loved what it. I used. Yeah. So yeah. so the the cover art for this episode will be uh my drawing interpretation of our three lightsabers. Mm. Um so you're I mean, for those listening at home, you'd be able to see what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I unlocked Beskar the Beskar medal. No, I, I, I'm, I messaged Dan as soon as I unlocked the Beskar <laughs> one, I was like, You're missing out. And he goes, Oh fuck, I need to play this game. Yeah. I think I bought it the next day or two days later or something. Um, but I didn't use it on the blaster, I put it on the lightsaber. I liked yeah, it better see, on the I lightsaber. Loved the, I obviously I rent through every single wood handle I could for my lightsaber. Mm. Um, my lightsaber really was a mix between Obi-Wan's, Luke's, and then my second, that was on my main saber, was a, definitely a mix between Obi-Wan and Luke's. Um, my blaster, I made it as chunky as fucking possible <laughs> because it just, especially when you did like, I don't know if you ever used that move, Pete, of um, the close-up blaster like yes, reaction. The hip shot. Well, you, the have hip shot. To, you have to to get the plan. Oh, for the tro- it's yeah, trophy. Yeah. Like, you, I used that far too often because it was just like <laughs> it was so meaty satisfying like, yeah. yeah oh the way that hit so i had like a really like gunslinger like i think the, the greedo shot it was, it was a real gunslinger like western western one 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't use the cross guard at all. Despite the fact I made my my cross guard angle a a Witcher silver sword, as you have <laughs> to do because that's just the law. Um, I don't. I, yeah, I, I didn't use it once after that. I think I, yeah, I literally see, did it to take a photo to send to you guys, but then after that, I didn't use it. I I tried every style because by the end of the game, I well by the time I platinum platinumed the game, I yeah. had every every skill point unlocked. Yes. Um, and so I tried all of the styles other than the basic standard single hander. I mm. never really messed around with that. I messed around with all the rest of them. I could not stand the blaster one at all. It was just oh, yeah okay interesting. I love. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah yeah yeah. Just wasn't yep. for me. No, no, I, no, loved, yeah. I loved going. I find, loved finding the biggest group of B one droids I could find, and just doing the 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 force shot where you just mm. mark them all, and then you just mow them all down. <laughs> I didn't hit. use that at all, actually. Oh, that Whereas, was. Oh, I really enjoyed I, I would, doing but that. But I would I would abuse the quick fire triangle shot, yep. um, especially in those like. Those moments where I was like, I'm about to die from this yeah. this this toad fucker. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly jump away from, him, take a cute, few little quick slashes at him, keep rolling and dodging, and then I'm gonna shoot him until he dies. And that's how I got through a lot of those boss fights. That's the I whole would, thing for me. Blaster saved me in so many boss fights. So 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 the cross guard has the best defense. That cross guard style has the best defense in terms of actually being able to block out of any of the lightsaber stances. So, yeah, I, so you gotta remember, Pete, guards, my, my right whole um, view on life is Leroy Jenkins, so I just <laughs> run <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> But I, I, I actually found that um, your, to, to your point, Dan, mowing down um, uh, B1 battle droids, I used the double-bladed or the dual weld for that, and you'd, you'd suck them all together with your force vacuum attack or whatever it is, mm. um, and then I would just throw the lightsaber around me in the big circle. I think it was a double, uh, the double. Yeah, player. that was the triangle. It was, it was a lot of fun. In some of those mm. challenges, the fractured butthole <laughs> challenges, that was a lot of fun mowing down. There was a I, couple of challenges where there were a thousand enemies in there. Yeah, yeah there were a couple. Yeah, I, I really love the fact they went back to battle droids. I yes. thought that was the That'll best work. move. Yep. Um, well, it's yep. it's the exact center point between um, Revenge of the, uh, the the third movie, Revenge, Revenge of, the, of Sith. the Sith. Yeah, yeah, I was right the first time, and A New Hope. So it's exactly in the middle of those two core trilogies. Yeah. where the galactic- which is where raiders would find abandoned. Ab- abandoned Luke droid holes. ships, and yeah, and yeah. They, they would take them over. Yeah, but it's 100%. it's it's but it's also the crossover point between stormtroopers and and droids. Mm. So I think they they took full advantage of the timeline yeah, aspect no, they of, of where they've where they've put it. I Can thought we- it was I thought it was great. I I particularly loved obviously a massive love for Clone Wars here as well. Mm. So that 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 really helped. But like yeah, especially like being able to fight against um, uh, the commando droids as well because those pissed me off entirely <laughs> through the um, Clone Wars series, the amount of times they killed um, just innocent Clone Wars soldiers. Um, those mm. boys were innocent. Um, they never committed any war crimes. Uh, um, but, yeah, to finally get my revenge on them. Um, yeah, I thought that was particularly cool. I, uh, the Bedlam Raiders were interesting <laughs> enough <laughs> yeah. enough yeah samey yeah. samey samey yeah, same-y, same-y, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if to- you guys did it but uh, if for anyone who ha- who is still listed this and hasn't played the game again you're an idiot um, and I will fight you uh, but if you go to the hole where you fight um, Ogdo Bogdo's son 
Um, hmm. Did you know you could pull down the two hammer dudes and drop them in the pit? No. no. So you can pull down that. the two hammer dudes from above and yeah. drop them in the pit and they kill Ogdo Bogdo halfway and then you jump down and kill Ogdo Bogdo. Ah, that's didn't it. know that's, that. Yeah, yeah. So like halfway through the game, I was like, I'm never going to defeat Ogdo Bogdo. Oh, fuck it. I'll just kill those dudes up there. I can't. I wonder if I can force pull them. Oh, I can. <laughs> oh, they dropped into the hole. Oh, they're now fighting Ogdo Bogdo. This is brilliant. I'll just wait up what? here and uh, pick off the survivor. And yeah, that's, that's how I finally beat him. <laughs> What yeah. were you going to say, Dan? Yeah, I was going to say the two things which are kind of uh, two things I want to talk about, and it kind of goes to Tom's soundtrack and that, but also talks to uh, sound sound design in general. Mm-hmm. I thought the sound design was brilliant, uh, and the stormtrooper banter. Oh fuck mm. me, did I love the stormtrooper <laughs> banter? There's a there's a YouTube channel that I follow that is called AFK. And he does yeah. uh, he does builds of little Star Wars videos of these two stormtroopers. One's a one's a seasoned veteran, and one's a really I know uh, the guys off, yeah, yeah, off, yeah. off the off the cuff uh, cadet. Yeah, and uh, they just have this great banter between them. And I actually had to look it up. It was so close the banter from AFK to the game. I had to look it up to see whether he wrote the uh, the banter, but he didn't. Hmm. But I I thought it was just it was another one of those. It could almost feel out of place in a serious storyline-driven Star Wars game, but then you go, yeah, but these guys are fucking bored. Yeah. They're out on the Outer Rim planets and they've been thrown into these patrol missions walking around this bloody... Desert. But the battle droids were the same. The fucking the banter between yeah. the droids and the raiders was hilarious. Were hilarious as well. Mm. Um, especially the female raider talking to the battle droid and the battle droid saying that he's gonna he's gonna kill the Jedi, and she's like, "Well, you've got a high opinion of yourself." And that really slurred out speech or drawn drawn out speech. Yeah, I thought that was great banter as well. Mm. And the overall sound design, the the saber sounded brilliant. The blaster was chunky, especially when mm. you the pulled fact off that different lightsabers colors had different, different saber sounds. sounds. Yeah, yeah. And I never got bored of shattering those force crystals, kneeling no. down no. and just listening to that really thumpy chest pound. Well, I listened to it on really good headphones too. Mm. That that just that thump of that that force crystal shattering and then being absorbed. I know I you guys complained about beautiful. it from the amount of times you had to uh, restart the game, but I I still I still thoroughly enjoy the opening credits of that game Ooh. of the the no. it's like the I know you've obviously got you've got Negative. some sort of deep seated trauma for it, but it's it's, it's almost <laughs> like an explosion of like a. a, a ting sound like mm-hmm. the way that like it's a, it's that crystal it's crystalline it's that crystalline sound of like that being broken um yeah but i just want to play the game yeah but no one cares about what you want <laughs> um <laughs> people I, obviously do otherwise they wouldn't be fucking listening <laughs> uh i found the relters to be fucking annoying just to change the subject relters. those birds the birds that you you glide on i really ah. they really pissed me off throughout the game oh really just they, the the control system just wasn't intuitive at all to to go as far as possible. I mean, you're holding possible. a bird by its legs and trying to control it. I think that's pretty intuitive. <laughs> Left and right was fine, but but like to you have to press forward to go as far as it was possible to go. Oh, like the amount of times I fucking died at the start trying to get get the hang of it was just oh in that in that that particular section outside that temple. Oh no, the shattered the shattered remains. 
that's that's where you have to know how to fly them properly because mm. otherwise you're just not going to be able to do that whole section of the game. But but just anywhere that you had them, you'd pick them up on Kobo in the at the top of a building that, or mountain that you've climbed. And if the bird doesn't go faster when I push forward, then I'm going to stop pushing forward because it's just like it doesn't do anything except it, you can't go as far unless you push forward the whole time. It doesn't speed the bird up. It changes the distance that you travel. Mm. It was just so just fucking frustrating. It was just no, a little miss for I- me. I didn't. I didn't know that. I just <laughs> nope. Miss me. But I just guys. used. There were a means <laughs> to an end for me. There was. That was. <laughs> there were a. I can't jump off this and not die. So I'll grab this bird's legs and get as close to the ground as I can. So I. I want to talk about one of the biggest spoilers in the game. Actually, talking about those birds. Um, okay, we're gonna which, have to wrap soon too. Weird. Yes. Yes. Um, which is the thing that's held me back from showing my platinum for so long is. The brilliance of having Boba Fett come in at the end mm, of the, the bounty hunter story. Bounty hunter story um, that really made that whole whole drawn out. And I was the one who had to wait for them to patch it so I could keep doing that story. And when I came back, I was like, "That was that fucking was worth, worth the wait. It. That was worth <laughs> the fucking wait." Yeah. Like, because that is my plat. That's my plat, just, plat thing. Is just it's it's Cal picking up the blaster and it's Boba standing there being like. Hey man, I've got no problem with you except the fact you're a fucking Jedi and I hate you as a principle. But I might one day have a problem with you, and mm. you'll fucking find out about it. And I was like, "Oh, you're a fucking boss that's gonna fight me!" <laughs> oh yes. And it sounded like Tim, it sounded like Tamira did the voice for it. It was. Too. It, was. it was. Yeah. 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 It was Tamira. Yeah. So um, I thought that was that was a really. Really fun moment. I never expected that through the entire Bounty Lord Hunter no. quest. I thought mm. it was just like, yeah, cool, no. kill them all. And then I, I was saving them for the end because I was like, yeah, these are fun fights. Like, I really enjoyed I those saved fights. Rick the Doorman for nothing. <laughs> oh, the door technician. Oh, rest in peace, Rick. <laughs> he was great. That is, no, no, no. I think we really need to talk about this. That is one of the best bits of gameplay I've had in, in a decade. So for those who haven't played it, it is one of the hardest fucking bits of um, of Jedi Survivor. You go through an entire Imperial base, every single enemy they go through, like they throw at you through lifts and you're just like, fuck, is this not over? You get to the end of it. So I got to the end of it with, with half a life bar and one fucking like stim, stim. left. And I was like, shit, cool. I know there's a save point just up ahead. I've just got to get to there. I can save... It'll reset when I save and, and rest. It doesn't matter. I can go back and fight some like basic grunts. And then this boss of fucking appears down a long fucking hallway. And you're like, Jesus Christ, no, not now. I don't it was a scout do that trooper. again. It's a scout trooper. It's called Rick the Door Technician. And he runs at you and then you kill him in one hit and you go, yeah. I lost it. I think I threw the controller in laughter. I could not control myself. And you know what? The developers knew this because they yeah. tested that sequence multiple times, put that boss at the end, and the reactions they got from every test player was hysterical <laughs> laughter. Then they go, we need to keep this in. This is one of the greatest yep. pranks we've ever played on gamers ever. Yeah. But, and, but, and the, the hype Respawn, I absolutely applaud you. That was one of the most beautiful gaming moments I've ever experienced. And, you know, like, wow. That, like, that yeah. was, it was so fucking funny. It was so unexpected. And it was just like that that absolute tense moment of, <laughs> fuck, a boss. And Another then you go, oh, oh, it was like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> 
No, uh, but uh, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. It was. I thought it was cool. The fans jumped on that bandwagon because there was a lot of stuff on Reddit saying the hardest boss in the whole game is Rick the Door Technician, Rick the door technician. and it was starting yeah. to pick up its own little hype train. Oh, there's fan art about Rick the Door Technician as an entire Star Wars character. There's Star Wars posters made <laughs> with Rick as a central character. <laughs> it was. It was one of the most beautiful moments that's ever happened in gaming in the in the last ten years. I I think it's just it's absolutely sensational. And, it's and now- my hat off to Respawn for thinking of that. It's genius. It's now also a very good in joke. It's one mm. of those things. If you know, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, just closing out. What do we? Yeah. How do we rate this compared to Fallen Order? My whole thing with this versus Fallen Order, I'm going to jump right in here because um, I am quick off the mark. Uh, Fallen Order was really a, um, as we said, it really was a discovery story. It was a running away story. It was trying to hide. This was almost like it was an arrogant story to the point where it was like. I want you to find me, but I know I can beat you kind of thing. It was like, it was a really nice jump from Cal five years ago to Cal now. And then halfway through, it really ripped the rug out from underneath me and became quite a personal story and like personal growth. And like, Cal, you really don't need to, you don't need to be um, uh, Dak. You don't need to take the empire on yourself. Mm. Like there is a lot of preservation you can do. Um, That's a deep cut. (laughs) Uh, And I found that to be a really important growth point for the character. And I felt the other characters, they didn't need to like fall in line with that growth, but they really like the way they wrote them, like really built up that growth for Cal. Um, It was incredibly moving uh, the end story, like I'm, I still choke up about it. Like it really fucking hit me. Like that whole end, post, um, post the betrayal on Jeddah. Um, I, I like emotionally still have not recovered from that. Like it, it fucked me. Like I was so committed to the idea of Bode and Cal taking on the Empire together. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like that really fucking hit me hard. Um, and that end, that end, that end burial sequence, like mm. the music around it as well, and the way they they just like did it through, like Cow was in slow motion, but everyone else was in like regular motion. Like that, that was a beautifully yeah. shot sequence. That too. fucking fucked me. That, that yeah. really hit me hard. Um, and I said, I said to Dan when he finished it, and like hadn't had the chance to talk to you about it, but just like I put my controller down and just went and sat outside yeah. for like an hour. Just like it really, really, really hit me. Mm. Um, uh, but I really, on the same page, I really liked the um, the the loneliness of Fallen Order. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Of like, it really, really encapsulated that whole like, holy shit, Order sixty six just happened. You might just be the last Jedi, mm. like in the universe. We know, we know he's not. Yeah, but like. It really, really like portrayed that kind of thing. This just felt like more like, yeah, look, being the last Jedi probably isn't the greatest thing. You know what's the greatest thing is actually helping the rebellion. Like it was it was a real movement forward from for him. Um, so that's that's where I left it. Yeah. Um, I'm excited that there's obviously gonna be a third. Like <laughs> if they left it there. I think there, there definitely will be. Like I I would probably start. I would start crucifying people. Um, <laughs> yeah, there has to be a third, but like 
I think they've left it in a really, really strong point to grow off. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Dan? Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the the growth of Cal in this one was the biggest thing for me, his his character. Well, I guess all of their character growth, even even through people that you, you don't interact with that much, even though she's talking, spoken of a lot and you do play of it, Seer. Um, the, the growth mm. of Seer's character from, you can see she's come a long way from mm. rejecting the Force because of the loss of her Padawan in the first one to to reconnecting at the end of the first one to becoming this archivist for the, the entire Order, for mm. what's left of the Order in this one. I thought it was brilliant character growth on all of their behalf, but I think it was also, I felt it was a real flex for the studio as well. The, the first one was such a huge success from them not having made a game in this vein before. And mm. they were they were very much on trial for the first one. They yeah. were very much, if this works, eh, we might give you a sequel. If mm. it doesn't, you know what? Single-player games are dead, which is exactly what all those big companies were saying at the time. And then fucking Respawn hits it out of the park with Fallen Order. And they go, you know what? Okay, we'll give you a sequel, see how it goes. <laughs> And what I think they've done here is they've just dialized whether whether or not it really happened. It felt like a really big fuck you. Single player games are not dead. Look at what we can do. You gave mm. us a limited budget for the first one. You gave us a bigger bid, bigger budget for this one. Look at what we've done. Mm. We've made the best Star Wars content in the last 10, 12, 15 years since yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith. We've made the best Star Wars content here with the writers we've got, and it's a fucking video game. You know what? Fuck you, mainstream media. This is what can be done with the IP in the right hands. And it was and a, that sorry. that to me was the biggest thing. Yeah. It was a small story. It was small it, story. Yeah. it has a big backdrop. It mm. has important it no, has important your, your comment around it's a small story with the big backdrop really hit me. Like that was like, yeah, that's mm. a really good way of de- describing it. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah. I, and I, for me, I thought I, the Fallen Order was a almost a who am I knee jerk reaction to the situation that's going on around mm. me. I don't really have time to think too too hard about things. I'm kind of just falling into myself. Whereas. This second game, he has an opportunity to decide the direction and he he needs to figure himself out. And I felt like I connected with the themes in this game a lot better than I did the first one. Um, Like I said, to me, it was a lot about family, about making the right decisions um, to hang on to that family and to find your place in the universe. That's really what he's trying to do. Mm. So brilliant. I reckon that's a perfect um, first... uh, up late episode. Oh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some facts on everyone at, at the end of this mm. episode. So um, we just talked about how it was received by um, especially EA as a first-player mm. game. Um, so uh, Fallen Order was released in November 2019. Um, EA confirmed that it was the fastest-selling digital launch for any Star Wars game within the first two weeks on sale. Um, it had sold 8 million copies by the end of January 2020, um, more than 10 million units were sold by March 31st, 2020. By the end of June 21, the game had attracted more than 20 million players. Oh, fuck. So yeah. 
for those anyone who's ever said success. that a uh, a Star Wars like single player game is dead, uh, is an you're idiot. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> um, I'll quickly. I'll quickly. I'm just bringing up the the Survivor. I'll see if I can get the sales um, ones of that. Uh, well, while you I look mean, that up, the, the Survivor as well. In terms of its like reception, it got. Nines and fours out of like mm. nines out of tens, fours out of fives across the board. Um, sales uh, within the first week, it sold uh, sixteen thousand physical copies, which doesn't take into account all the digital copies that people mm. bought. Um, in the United Kingdom, Star Wars Survivor were thirty percent higher than that of Fallen Order. So it was the most downloaded game on the US and European PlayStation Store in April and May 2023. So it's obviously, it's a winning formula. Yeah. 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 So I know that execs look at just that. And as Star Wars fans, we actually kind of need to look at that to be like, if we're going to get it, like we need to make sure that the execs are going to go, yes, we get all the money. But we're like, (laughs) cool, we get a, like a, a fucking amazing Star Wars game. But it was no, but, but I think the point is it was a good story and then it was a good Star Wars game. They they put Oh no, you're 100% they, right. Yeah, yeah. They put storytelling and plot first and then yeah. used Star Wars universe and lore as a plot vehicle, but that's all. It wasn't a wasn't about Star Wars. It was about Cal Kestis and his friends yeah, in a Star no, Wars you're, universe. You're, yeah, you are 100% right. Yeah. Um all right, I think we might leave it there. Cool. Mm. for our, our bite-sized episode. Ran a little bit over, but, you know, it wouldn't be pixels and pines if we didn't. No, it's close enough. Um, yeah. Close enough. We'll take all your C-bombs out and I'll be under 90 minutes. Well, if we're doing <laughs> that, then let me take you out for the end of the night. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to go to bed now. So sweet dreams and everything for you. This has been Pixels and Pints Up Late. Night-night now.